on the internet and welcome to another episode of What's Ruining Magic Today. On today's episode we have a very special guest, Brian, the Telerian Community Professor, College Professor. Community College Professor. Sorry, my bad. Hello, hello. Welcome, welcome. How was the trip? Was uh, the trip? Ruined, ruined by so many things on the flight, uh, but not as ruined as I feel Magic the Gathering has been ruined today. Let's jump right into it. Let's jump right into it. What is ruining Magic the Gathering today, would you say, Vince? I'm uh, I'm worried that the one thing that might ruin Magic the Gathering today and for the future is power creep. Power creep? Power creep. The idea that cards and sets are coming out that are just objectively better than their, their predecessors. What is the problem with a set being better than the previous set? That sounds to me like a mark of success. Why do I not want my next set to be even better than my last set? Well, the issues we've got with it is that it, it, it warps things and creates an environment where we have to keep up with the latest thing. And that already exists, right? New cards are coming all the time. Red right. and Sixes and Hogax and, and Standard, uh, by its very nature, rotates and makes you have to keep up, right? But, like, if the deck you're playing, like, a year ago is completely obsolete by the next rotation because the next set has so many ridiculous magic cards in it, and I'm talking about War the Spark and Modern Horizons here specifically, if you want to get into, like, examples. Is that a good thing for the game? If you're playing formats like Modern Legacy, I've heard you on your channel say, oh, they're great because they don't rotate. They don't rotate, but maybe your deck becomes truly obsolete because they print pushed cards. Well, if you'll recall our episode on Modern Horizons, I expressed reservations about that. I was I did not see the Hogak Menace. Many of us did not see the Hogak Menace, but I said, if this succeeds, and a lot of these cards are just so good that they're better than what's currently in Modern, then we're creating a false rotation, in a sense, or pseudo-rotation in Modern. I felt that if the cards then were not very good at all, then there's no point to them in Modern. So it's, it's a tightrope walk. Never minding Modern Horizons, War of the Spark, you think was a pushed set? Yeah, I think it was probably worse. In the long run, it's going to be worse for Magic overall than Modern Horizons was. Things like Narset and Khans, and basically, if I get down to the nitty-gritty, we're, we're focusing on too much because it's not the topic of this episode per se, but having these very powerful static effects on Planeswalkers that don't affect both players means to very um, uh, situations that aren't fun to engage with and are difficult to play against. Uh, Khan can lock you out of the game by wishing to the sideboard and turning off all your permanents. Narset makes your card draw just not actually function. Teferi makes control mirrors mean that you have card magic and they don't. All of those things are un almost unprecedented. We haven't had that kind of stuff before. The cards are quite literally pushed. They're the most pushed planeswalkers we've ever seen. Well, you know what we say about Teferi at Tolarian Community College? Teferi can go tuck himself, uh, which is an accurate statement because he can indeed go tuck himself. Uh, but there's also just on a basic level, you're talking about, well, these abilities might be problematic, but let's talk about this on, I'm going to strip this down okay. to a very basic level. This year, we have a card that is a 4-4 flying, and that is our most powerful card. We're going back to, say, Shivam Dragon or something like that, or even, that's pre-Shivam Dragon, because I didn't even mention things like Fire Breathing, or but let's just say 4-4 flying, that is the top of the line, and then next year, we make a 5-5 flying. All right, so now the 4-4 flying is obsolete, and we consider 5-5 to be the top. Next year, if we make a 4-4, we've gone down. So in fact, what we want to do is make a 6-6. Six, six. 
then a 7-7, then an 8-8, then a 10-10 flying trample vigilance. And if we follow this trend and we set this trend of creeping up the power with each new set, can't go back, can't go lower, can't do the same, are we going to hit a point where we're playing with 100-100 flying vigilance uh, creatures? That seems like, and then every other card, we're talking about one card in a set, but if we need answers to that creature, fair blockers for that creature, removal spells, well, that creature also has protection from all colors. How do we remove it? And so we're reaching a point where the game might buckle in on itself. Indeed. I mean, I know, again, not to focus too much on this, but I know that in Pokemon, in the original card set, the maximum HP was 120. Right. And the latest set, they've got 320. And it just absolutely dwarfs anything that came out originally. And we see a bit of that with Magic now, right? With cards that are just so mechanically complex and powerful compared to anything in Alpha and Beta. Barring the cards that are banned in every format, most things from Alpha and Beta don't see any play anymore, right? And I guess that's part of games progressing, but it's not something you can keep up. Like, Modern Horizons and War of the Spark were pushed, I believe, because they want to sell packs. And that's where it gets to be a problem. People want to play with new shiny cards, new and interesting cards. Like, things like the adventure mechanic, for example. It's not a pushed thing. It's a new and interesting way to play Magic. Right. Whereas something like Renin 6, which is just a very mana-efficient and uh, two-mana Planeswalker that then allows you to play any number of colors in your deck because it fixes all your mana by getting fetch lands back and that sort of stuff. That's not... That's not a new way to play. That's just so efficient and so much better than everything else that it starts to ruin older formats and then also become like a $150 card, which will come more to a bit later than that. We talk about another thing that might be ruining Magic <laughs> the Gathering today, which is finance. But before we get there, well, let me ask you this, though. Uh, what is the solution? How do we keep power levels balanced? Should they be getting worse there used to be a thing in Standard where they waxed and waned a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you'd have new sets that were incredibly powerful, and you'd have downturns. Like, Theros was a downturn, I believe. I generally think that's a good idea, and I maybe I'm saying this as one of my legitimate concerns. I'm not saying that magic is dying, or this is killing magic right now, but it's a legitimate concern after all the Spark and Modern Horizons. Eldraine does feel slightly depowered. Some of the cards feel pushed. But on the whole, it's not a set where I'm like, wow, all these cards are way better than all the options I had last year or whatever. So maybe we're on a downturn now. Maybe that's how you moderate it. You wax and wane and wax and wane because I guess it's the inevitability. I'm scared that on a long enough timeline, there will be eight eights for free. I guess it's the whole game. Whole game's a bad example. I think it's an outlier. But like you said, a 10-10 for four mana. And you're just like, a 10-10 for four mana? Well, why would you ever play Tarmogoyf again? You know, that sort of thing. Sure. Uh, it's like I've said about things like Worm Coil Engine and when we had the Titans in M11 and M12, they created a problem where at six mana, there was just nothing better to play. And so every deck's end game turned into just slam out a Titan or slam out a Worm Coil if a, a particular Titan wasn't in the right color or what sure. have you. You're going for that six drop. People actually, at the time, uh, a Worm Coil I'm was legal either. in standards at the same time as the Titans. People called Worm Coil the honorary sixth yeah. uh, uh, Titan. And then when we got to Kaladesh, we had our almost Titan cycle of the Gear Hulks, which felt like they were trying to take them down a notch, but perhaps didn't quite pull them down as far as they had wanted to go. I know Noxious mm. and Torrential Gear Hulk, the blue and black Gear Hulks in particular. But they see no play in like Legacy and Modern, right? Those cards don't see any play. So maybe that's a Maybe that's a counterpoint against us that people are like, maybe the, the Titans do. The Titans do, exactly. That's my point. Perhaps it's a good counterpoint that Wizards have been quite good at times of moderating the power creep, of doing a depowered Titan cycle that then ended up being good for standard, 
but didn't warp horribly older formats as well. I mean, I don't even know if people play the um, Gear Hulks in Commander. I mean, comment below if you do. You do. There, are, you can play the Gear Hulks in Commander. Yeah. That's what's great about Commanders. You can play your favorite cards. You yeah, can you absolutely play the Gear Hulks. I could have sworn a Gear Hulk is is turning up on a list or two in 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 modern. No, I mean Nick Fitdex and Legacy can play whatever the hell they want. So sometimes sure. they can play like a, a random noxious Gear Hulk because it's a five mana. Is it five or six? Is it five? Right. We'll have it on the screen. Yeah, yeah. The correct but, answer yeah. will be on your screen. <laughs> but no, like, again, like, why would you play any of the Gearhawks over the Titans? The Titans are a very good example of this. Sure. Another thing in Standard was when Thragtusk was printed, there was an argument as why wasn't it double green? Because it was one green. So if you could support green mana, you just put Thragtusk in your deck. So I guess I guess the one way to combat it is not to print generically powerful cards like Thragtusk and Titans and instead print cards that fit into certain archetypes or have certain play to them, right? Like... But then you get cards, you get parasitic design then, which is what they did with back in the day with Kamigawa, right? They're like, oh, Mirrodin was busted. Let's print things that are more uniquely powerful. And then none of those cards saw any play because they just put as good as the cards from the previous set. So maybe we're not giving credit to Wizards where credit is due. But I think recently, in the last few sets, power creep is evident. Let me ask you a question. If you were to name what you think are some of the greatest sets uh, let's say, re, like, you know, not beta or whatever because of the monumental groundbreaking sure. nature, but like like of actual, you know, let's, let's say maybe newer sets of the last 10 years, that, that's actually considered newer. Uh, if you were to name some of the greatest sets, which sets would you name and would those be the ones where actually power was pushed the most? I mean, one of the fallback ones is original Innistrad, and I believe that uh, again, and I, this isn't my area of complete expertise, but I believe that most people would agree Innistrad was a pushed set. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, uh, new, new Phyrexia, uh, original Zendikar. Things in new, well, new Phyrexia was one of the most broken sets of all time, right? Like Phyrexian Mana. Yes. Like Phyrexian Mana pushed things because. So power creep doesn't always mean that things have to be huge. Sometimes it's the fact that they're making things too cheap and efficient. Hogak is a big boy, but he was free. Mm -hmm. Red and Six isn't like a planeswalker that shoots you for 10 damage. It's just two mana and efficient. And then we come to Phyrexian mana, they break this stuff by making it free or, or cost nothing. Sure. Treasure Cruise as well. Anything right? with anything that meddles with mana. Delve is another great example. Mm -hmm. Phyrexian mana is a great example. Well, I think you're right. Like the, the set Affinity. Yeah, exactly, exactly. The sets I'm going to name for, like, me loving in terms of for constructed play and stuff, and it's going to be the sets for the powerful stuff that kind right. of belongs in Modern and Legacy. And that actually brings me to what I think might be ruining magic today, which is the answer to what you think is ruining magic today, which is making sure that new sets are not quite as powerful as the previous, and that is not power creep, but power... Drip? What is the inverse call? Pa don't say any of... He had an obscene <laughs> expression in rehearsal about it. Uh, you can use your imaginations. Power down. Power down. Okay. Power down. And power down is at its finest. I think they did a great job with the Gear Hulks, in all honesty. They were very powerful, yeah, yeah, yeah. but they were not quite tight and level. However, however... The problem and why this is ruining magic today is that we get into a cycle where each set is just a little worse than the last and no cards are entering modern or legacy. I think cards entering modern and legacy in the right way is great and popper as well. What I a do, great way I to do. shake up a format and meta and to enable new things. What about a tier two deck in modern that gets a new piece and becomes Tier 1.5. That's an exciting moment okay. and a great thing. You've uh, you've done very well to almost bamboozle me a little bit because the segue was good. That segue was good, right? But 
you've kind of almost tricked me into admitting that I like things to be simple, simplified sometimes. I always say that I love complicated magic, okay? Right. But we can't have War of the Sparks and Horizons all the time. So we do need this downturn. And I think Theros is one of the examples that I said earlier. Like, hardly any cards, if any cards from Theros, made it into older formats. You've got, like, Nykthos, Brimaz once saw play, but that got dwarfed very quickly. They reprinted Thoughtseize. And then at that point, I started to run out of cards that Corsa of Graphics was pretty good. That card saw some play, but uh, not uh, anymore. Like, yeah. So, but Theros is quite beloved, right? Prophet was in Theros. A prophet, oh, so yeah. That was so powerful. Commander Boogie Man, yeah, right, sure. And the gods, Commander I guess. And, the, and, the gods and, and, and Commander. The, the gods, uh, uh, not just in Commander. Uh, you see a few gods pop up uh, in um, modern lists from time to time. I think Thassa might have branched across and Perforce is a bit of a meme I've put it on my and channel I, and but. I know it's a bit of a meme that I play Merfolk but Master of Waves uh, okay, is Master a, is a integral I mean, part of of Merfolk I know there were some so, Merfolk so, so what's that, that we've said so far for Modern Legacy we've said like th- four cards okay like I think Theros is generally not a very powerful block honestly all three sets I mean it gets even worse if you get into the third block because famously people were quite frustrated with how depowered it was people remember that very fondly right I guess I guess yeah, we can't always have ridiculously powerful cards, but we can have interesting draft formats, interesting flavor, like other ways to enjoy magic, because magic is many things to many people. And eternal formats can't cope with all that injection constantly. Like at the moment, Vintage and Legacy and Modern have been in so much flux, because Modern Horizons and War of the Spark threw everything for a loop for like two sets in a row. It seems crazy to me to be making a product that's an entertainment and strategy-based product and to say our goal is that the fall set is slightly worse than the spring set and that the winter set following okay. the fall set is slightly worse than the but fall not, set. But not worse in every way. Perhaps the less cards powerful. are less powerful. But like a mechanic like food can still be very fun to play with in limited, might make standard decks, and might make a new archetype I think perhaps. food is... Food was... We were talking a little bit about uh, Throne of Eldraine some episodes ago, and I had said in that episode that uh, when we first saw the spoilers of artwork and uh, I think the first few cards, I was really swept up in it. And we were talking about what was the moment for me that I started to, to feel hesitant. And I'll tell you, when food got revealed, for me, I considered food a big ho-hum and a big dud. I thought it looked terrible. Uh, 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 but I, it's grown on me. Really, has it's it? Generally grown on me. Okay. Like, just watching like the streamer events and stuff, watching people sacrifice foods to play combat. Like, I'm play not combos. a big... Lo- like, I, I have... I, I Listen... Like all of us, I experimented with Life Gain Soul Sisters in Modern. I experimented with youth? a little bit of that in my youth. But for the most part, I'm very anti-Life Gain as a strategy or even as, as an effect. I agree. Uh, it I can think be a the, good answer for the, the sideboard. Interesting food cards are the ones that sacrifice the foods to do different things. Like yes. the cat that can come back and the oven that turns creatures into food. That's and all that adorable. Sort of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yes, yes. So, but, but, <sighs> and that's why I felt, I felt like, so, so let's, let's take a quick, trip down memory lane with with some of these create a token we had create a, was the first one clues that we were really seeing that where you I've create a, a token about that to a moment, sacrifice on, okay on, clues, so the first yes. one was clues and clues got you to draw cards, a card draw cards. now clues the most powerful effect in magic in many ways is draw a card but yeah. you could argue it's tied what gets cards banned messing with mana and so the thing that followed clues was treasure yeah. and treasure was you got mana and so you go from draw a card to mana which is very close that's like from Titan to Gear Hulk. And then, and then you go to food, which is like 
Soul of Innistrad, Soul I, of New I Phyrexia. Agree on its own in a vacuum. Remember those? You remember yes, that yes, cycle? The soul, the soul that was, was them attempting the Soul cycle. Soul of Plane was their attempt to have less powerful Titans, and there they botched done it. More, but, I mean, we had it in the latest set. The Elementals were all like pseudo Titan effects. The big splashy Mythic rare in that color. They've, Do you they've, like they've those? done it. Boring. Um, I think they're more fun than the Souls. Perhaps not as good as the Gear Hulks. I mean, you got this. And this is the problem with power but, down. But you're, but you're talking about food. I think you're being unfair to food by comparing it literally to clues, where clues are just going to be objectively better, right? They cost two mana. They don't tap to sack clues, if I remember. If I remember that correctly, you don't tap a clue, do you? You just sack it for two mana. Food have to tap themselves. You can't even tap them to, like, I don't know, were, for example, and stuff like that. So food are just objectively worse. Yes, the way so you make what? it more interesting and fun is how you interact with them. So one thing I was saying when I was on the pre pre release, I got to be on some kind of a big deal, was that I was frustrated. You have a YouTube channel? No, no, that was, that was a streaming event on Twitch. It's this new thing. You that stream that on old, Twitch at Pleasant old, Kenobi. The old people might not know. At twitch.com forward slash Pleasant Kenobi. No, Twitch.tv. Twitch.tv. <laughs> so you don't. <laughs> anyway, um, one thing I was bugged out about when I saw food was that we didn't have a tireless tracker variant. We didn't have tireless farmer, tireless tiller, tireless baker, whatever stupid thing you want to do. Farming makes sense because it's landfall, right? That was like a three drop in green where a land comes in, you get food. But that would have been so objectively worse than tireless tracker that I would never want to touch that card with a barge pole. And also, I think it's good if we don't have the same thing every single time. So we've already talked about, we had titans. Let's do a depowered titan. Let's do the next version of titan and so on and so on. If I get every single token mechanic, and it's like, here's Tyler's Tracker, here's Tyler's Treasurer, here's Tyler's Farmer, that will get boring too, That right? will get boring. So I think you're being unfair to food, because it's not a carbon copy of clues or treasures, and I think that's one place we can compliment, is that the mechanics work in a different way. It's a different thing. I would argue, I see what you're saying, I respect your point, but I would argue, or, or, or offer as a counter thought, that uh, when you go from Titans to Gear Hulks, to souls, to elementals. The elementals are pretty good, but... Okay. They're pretty strong. Okay. But that when you do this downhill process and occasionally maybe, like you said, the elementals are better than the souls. Yeah. And so maybe we're... But we're going to get so maybe in uh, the 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 winter or spring or summer set or something, whatever it is, we're going to get another create a token that does a thing when you sack it. And it's going to be a little bit better than gaining life. But then the next one's going to be even worse. And, and that we're ultimately on a downhill trend spiral that it makes magic as a game less interesting and less exciting. Okay. And it has less relevance to uh, uh, formats. And now you might say, well, modern and legacy are going to exist just fine without new cards being pumped in at high numbers. Formats like Commander, which we believe might just be the future of paper magic. No one's going to play food in that, are they? No one's playing food in okay. Commander. Okay, Count counterpoint then. What about supplemental sets allow us to have the intricate stuff where the standard sets don't need to do that? For example... For example, Horizons. Yeah, snow stuff was crap before, right? There's not, there wasn't very many good snow cards. We had Scred and Scrying Sheets. Yeah. Ones anyone ever remembers. Right. Okay. And then we had Astrolabe show up, and now there's almost no reason not to play Snowlands. There is no right. reason not to play Snowlands. And I saw a very, I wish I knew who tweeted this. If you tweeted this, please let us know. Someone said, I'm really sad about Snowlands because basically there's no reason not to play them. And the worst part of that is that we have this entire history of magic land art, and no one's going to use them anymore. Because nope. everyone's using Snowlands. That was my tweet. Was that you? No. I wouldn't have been embarrassed. I would have been like, 
Would I be embarrassed if that actually turned out to be the case? No, I would have laughed it off. Anyway, <laughs> but that was good though. That was good. You had me going. But how how, how is that not a good indication of? I, don't I agree with that. Power creep. Uh, I agree with that, and we're we're seeing also like so. I, I, I'm not like pro level player, so maybe there's something I'm not seeing. But why would you? ever run a basic land over a snow land. There is no reason yet. I'm right. hoping when Keldaholm eventually comes, one day that will have like snow, blood, moon, or other right, similar effects. Right, but again, like that. those effects might be so bad, there's no point to play them. Right. So uh, I agree with that, and that's a good indicator. So again, between power creep, ruining magic, and power down, ruining magic, ruining magic, we want to well. try and shoot for that that nice, we want to shoot for that gear hulk level. Yeah. I think what we're coming to off of those two points is that... Or the drop, go down, go up, go down, go up, and make sure that when you go down, maybe food's biggest failing is that it needed more synergies with cards than it has. We've got a couple examples you gave. I'm looking forward to there being like a random food deck that breaks modern at some point, and you're like, oh, bugger. Right. (laughs) Well, hey, I mean, speak of that, I was also, uh, while I was worried that plans like Modern Horizons would create pseudo-rotation. At the time I evaluated, I was I I I did say Renan 6 looks really good, but I did I did miss Hogak and I was saying there wasn't enough of, of any value in here. Uh so I mean magic players are terrible at evaluating magic cards. So make sure you watch my next top five <laughs> list as well as uh, Vince's set review on his channel. I, I thought about starting a series is a, a, a sneak peek called um, You Are Bad at Card Evaluation and then Command mm-hmm. and Card. Like go back and look at all the comments on Reddit or the source oh, sure. or whatever. Like Cryptic Command's really funny to read about. Tarmogoth is really funny to read they about. They say this is a and terrible card. Yeah, like, yeah, we all do livid. it. We all do it. We sure. All do it. Oh, I don't, I didn't do, I didn't say Hogak was terrible. I didn't, ignore, I didn't see it as powerful. All, I didn't say always, this card you sucks. You always have a friend Thank who's like, Thank goodness I didn't say, like, can you imagine having that on video? Me saying this card sucks. That would be a disaster. <laughs> I just said, what's powerful in this format? And I, I made my list and my list did not include Hogak. But so. you always have that friend who spotted Rebel Master or spotted Phoenix or spotted Hogak and they they didn't. Well, never mind power creep then and never mind power down. I think what's ruining magic today is worse than both of those things. And reserve that list. is, well, the reserve list is, was, <laughs> that's what was ruining magic yesterday. Oh, what's ruining right. magic today. Yeah, the future of magic, right, okay. The Gatewatch. Huh, okay. Otherwise okay. known as the Jastis League. The Jace Brigade, yeah, yeah, okay. The, you know, Mark Rosewater famously chided people for uh, calling it that. He said it's disrespectful. Uh, I don't mean to be disrespectful. It is disrespectful of the Justice League. That's a more varied and interesting sap of characters. Um, I'm, I'm with you does on this. Does Mark Rosewater follow you on Twitter? He does at the moment, Not yeah. Not anymore. <laughs> um, I think one of the... Okay, here's, here's an example. Of and, what, I, and, and by the way, I actually do because I've I've gotten into... I do a lot of talk of uh, uh, me personally of, of lore analysis, reactions, my own thoughts, interpretations. I have my Office Hours series where I straight up lem bast uh, 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 some of the story archetypes of, of characters and such. But I do want to say that I do acknowledge and understand and appreciate and respect that the people involved on the creative end of things, even if what they create doesn't always land and is sometimes going to get made fun of, that their intentions are sincere and yeah. that their creative process is genuine and that even if you are, and I've referred to a lot of the story stuff as this is essentially ads for magic and like a magic story is this is to get you to buy magic cards and I say, so it's a kind well, of ad. But that doesn't mean that a person writing a novel is not no, any less an artist just sure. because they want to use that book to 
sell cards, uh, nor nor is anyone who's painting art on on a, a booster box. I mean, that is an advertisement for what's in the booster I box. Mean, You're an artist. It's a difficult thing, but it, we are also allowed to dislike things. We are allowed to say, I don't like the Gatewatch. I find it comical. I find it forced. I find there to be problems with it. And I also am going to say, as a consumer of a corporate product and a corporate, you know, like, like, like league of heroes, I'm going to be allowed to snicker at it. And I don't want to yuck anyone's yum. And I'm not making fun of you if you like it. And I'm not saying you shouldn't love these characters if you do, but you know what? I don't, and I'm going to tell you why. Well go, well, go on then. Well, I just did a lot of talking. Why don't you just oh, start? okay. Why do you think the Gatewatch is ruining magic today? I personally don't actually dislike the Gatewatch. Like, I'm a big fan of comic books, and I like ensemble casts of characters and, and superheroes and, like, characters you can relate to. And all. I get why magic goes down this route. So I don't hate the Gatewatch per se, but I really dislike the use of them, like, all the time. I was asking, I think when we're talking about episode we were doing where I was like, I'm kind of sick of constant war and constant gatewatchism. Right. I wanted another set where we just go away and see another characters. And we almost got that with Earl Drain. Garrett came back, so I'm happy because I want to see Garrett He's not in back. the gatewatch. I know he's not in the gatewatch, but I'm talking about the same characters Yet. every time. Yeah. Well, Yet. he's healed now, so he probably will join their team and things. But it's just nice to have an old character come back, one of them. We've got a new Planeswalker villain. We've got the Kenriths coming back. I know they're an old character, but they're still fresh and new. I really like the Kenriths. So, I was surprised. Uh, the Ken <laughs> It's funny. The Kenriths were my preview card for Battlebond. Uh, oh, they were. Yeah, they were. I, I and, and I actually, I didn't really dig them. Not as a card, but as characters. I was like, okay, it's a brother and sister dueling team. I was a little like, it didn't didn't really like like grip me. Uh, uh, not to be ungrateful for getting mythic planeswalkers as yeah, my, my spoiler get card. Oh, I'm so, Were you but, even making YouTube videos back in Battle Bond? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I'd never heard of you. It sounded like a genuine thing. Um, yeah. So the uh, the, the sets. Um, but I love them now. Yeah, I'm a big fan of them, them now. Do, I actually. Do you know what accent they have? I would assume British. No, no. Well, when I heard Will Kenner speak to the streamer event when I was watching the stream arena, he's Scottish. Or at least his accent is of sound Scottish. Kenrith a real surname or is it made up surname? So it sounds mildly Scottish. Yeah, As an Englishman, I need to be delicate about what right. I say. I, I was going to do an impression of him. Is, but your, name, is, is your family name Kenrith also, and similar, are you close. Scottish? Let us know in but the comments below. I wanted to give some credit where credit is due again because this is kind of what I wanted. I mean, with... Is when we're talking about predictions a little bit, Throne of Eldrain has moved away from the same dudes and dudettes and friends fighting and fighting war. And there isn't this war thing as well. So not only Gatewatch, another thing that bugs me about every magic set is just there's always two sides having a battle. And right. I know there's antagonist and protagonist, but it's nice when there's a, a set to explore that has flavor and themes sure. and stories. Absolutely. Right? And my problem too with the Gatewatch is that Every set was focused on them for a very long time. In addition to that, it was a very linear mode of thought where uh, new planeswalkers would just join them. Uh, uh, every set had its new oath. Oath, oath of Teferi. Teferi's in the Gatewatch now. I didn't like that Teferi. I wanted Teferi with Joyra and Karn. Karn's is, did, did do Oath of Karn? I don't think Karn well, I doubt took there will the be oath. one at some point. I, I, I did, right. He'll take the oath Hot eventually. Uh, uh, things like that. And I really don't want to see Oath of Garrick and Oath of, of Will or Oath of Rowan because I actually really like Garrick is now going off to watch over uh, the Kenriths on their planeswalking journey. They helped 
uh, will specifically free him of his uh, curse, and he is uh, off to keep an eye on them to, uh, as like a bit of a guardian uh, uh, on their teams, adventure. Then. I would be, I just like, I wouldn't mind if like it's like this set has the gate watch, and then the next set has Garrick and the Kenriths, and they're just. It's just them. They're exploring and they're being kids uh, off in the multiverse. And, and, and he's just like, but, zoom, kill this thing that was about to step on them. Well, and, there you like, go. I think that's safe. what we need. Instead of yeah. having it just like uh, the Jesus League as the central plot point for like several, like set, a massive Everything arc, and like, yeah. put it on everything. Then every Scooby, product that comes Jesus out. Jesus League, then we've got the Scooby gang, then we have this right. team, this team. Then the teams meet up. It's kind of like the comic book thing where you have different teams. I would I would enjoy that. And I, I would enjoy just things where it wasn't even a team. Like, like I guess Garrick and the, 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 the Kenriths allegedly are a, a team right Right now, I don't know that that's going to follow through after Eldraine. That might have just been a thing for Eldraine. But I like the idea that it's a set where it's just like, oh, in this set, it's just Elspeth. You read the Wilder Spot novel, right? Yes, I, I did. I, I reviewed only, it. I, I read half of it and didn't finish. Um, uh, Teferi and Khan and the the, the remainders of the Weatherlight crew, like Jehoi and other Dominarian things. Right. Are they are they now a team? Are they a group? Are they hanging out? Uh, uh, Joyra's on Dominaria. She can't planeswalk. Right, right. Well, uh, well, well uh, she can't the ship's fixed, right? No, but the ship's broken and they made point to break it. But that way we can't have these interesting characters in other sets. Yeah, because again, I'd love a team where there's two planeswalkers. They literally went out of their way, Vince. They literally went out of their way to add flavor text to make sure that it was known that the Weatherlight can no longer plane shift that way, when Which we leave so Dominaria, we're never going to see these awesome crew. I love the crew of the Weatherlight. I think it's only temporary, right? Because we they they're not they're not adverse to allowing other characters who don't planeswalk to planeswalk. Because the whole point of the planar bridge on Kaladesh was setting up the invasion of Ravnica by Bolas, right? So they're not adverse to having armies move and shift between planes and stuff. I so just want Joyra, Cap. I just want Captain Joyra. I want. I want. We're going to have the, it. We're going to have it. They're, the they've crew, got the, to go back. I love the new crew of the Weatherlight. They can't just park the Weatherlight and metaphorically and literally and not use it as a, as a plot device. But it. why would they use it when they could just have the Gatewatch again and Jace again? And this is why the Gatewatch... Nostalgia, that's why. This Nostalgia is why itself. the Gatewatch is ruining magic today because everything is about the Gatewatch. Everything is Gatewatch all the time. So the other bit about the Gatewatch thing before we move on for this is that the the set, the font of magic is called Bellerin and it's used for everything. And only recently did I have a friend point out to me that we don't get unique set uh, not we get the unique set logos, but not the actual uh, the the text that was in the set. It's all in Bellerin. Yep. Where if you look at old Darksteel adverts or the packs for like Kamigawa, it's all like the stylistic and um, the fonts are just add to the flavor. And I'm like, I'm mean, look at it, can't talk here box on your shelf from your set. I'm like, oh, it's depressing to think that everything's got to be in Bellerin. And that uh, is very indicative of the problem with the Gatewatch in a narrative sense is that it creates this homogeny where it's what the story is always about, the same characters and the same problem, and it boils down to a very simplistic, just good v. evil, uh, uh, there goes the Gatewatch, and why are they doing this? It doesn't okay. even... Do you think we're going to jump straight back into a Gatewatch-themed yes. narrative arc that spans Immediately. I don't disagree with you, I just find it depressing. Yeah? Next Vince... What else is ruining magic today? Okay, so we've talked about power creep. We've talked about powering down. I want to sort of sidestep into non-mechanical, non-gameplay stuff of the oversaturation of products and be finding it very hard to understand where things are, how you can buy them, how much they cost, why is there no RRP, what frame is this, where am I, what year is this? Do you know thing? So when 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 fancy cars like masterpieces come out, right? right? One of the things I used to like at the next GP is you go up and some vendors cracked a lot of boxes, and this is the secondary market that was just acknowledged. And it's all these foil masterpieces, right? 
The thing we've got to since Kaladesh, since I was going to battle for Sendai Kaladesh, is every new set has so many promos, so many foils, so many alternate borders that they can't even, they can't physically put them out to be looked right. at. Because there is just, there's foil, there's stamp, there's pre-release stamp, there's alternate border, there's masterpiece, invocation, mythic Too edition. Much. It is madness. What you need is, I liked masterpieces a lot. I thought they needed to do them a little differently, but I I have a video talking about fine tuning, not destroying and re like just just dial the knob a little bit. And and but I we'll really like. We'll never liked, see that again, though, will we? Because of the mythic editions, right? right. We'll it's never see it sell. again. We'll just see that. Well, but in a way, we have masterpiece standard masterpieces in Eldraine, and I like that. I wish they had called them masterpieces. I wish they had just said masterpieces in Eldraine. And, and it's the alternate border. I wish we did not have the stretched art. I don't like the stretched art. Uh, I think it's 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 worse. I'd rather actually have a normal magic card than stretched art. Yeah. I don't yeah. like stretched art. And it's funny that they thought that stretched art was better than unique frame and unique art, which is, shows a bit of disconnect in, in what maybe the magic community is going to like, just as they thought that the Amonkhet invocations would be liked based upon Apparently, this has come out that this was based on how much people wanted the Elish Norn with the Phyrexian writing. And they said, well, that's so popular. So where they released a special edition Elish Norn, but the rules text yeah, for yeah, the, her was the, all the in Phyrexian. Judge Judge Foyle, Foyle, and they said, damn, let's make really hard to read writing but I think, on I think one of the design articles talked about how originally they were going to go with fully like pseudo-hieroglyphic stuff. Right. And it was a, midway through development, they were like... These need to be readable. Well, yeah, be readable. Well, they didn't make them readable. No, no, they, the didn't, they didn't. They didn't commit to either one way or the other. It was a bit of a mess and stuff. But nonetheless, I don't want to go into invocations, but I do want to go into that. We've got too many options. You're describe what you need is a simple thing. Okay, we have regular. We have the frame of magic cards. We have an option for a premium foil card, and then we have an option, perhaps for an even rarer alternate art foil full art, textless, border, but like not this thing where it's like, well, it could be a frame, it could be a stretched art, it could be a thing. There's too many things flying around at once. And then on top of it all, every set it's changing. For example, think back in Ixalan, they had these treasure packs that you would get when you uh, pre-ordered a box and the treasure packs had different artwork foils in them and different selections, but those are not the same as showdown packs and showdown packs are not the same as box toppers and box toppers are not the same as collector's boosters and it's too much and I don't know what's in those. I've got some of those Ixalan packs right over there and that I haven't opened. I don't even know what's in them because there's been too many special packs where all the rules are different and what they need to do is they need to say, you get a pack, it's called this, it has this criteria in it, and it's what the sets get. I liked box toppers. Yeah. I liked box toppers. So, I wished they had done box toppers I, for standard. I think I think the funny thing is, I think as a content as a content creator perspective, I feel banned for any any mocking or joking or like even slightly like, oh, I don't know how I feel about this, about invocations, masterpieces. Um, box toppers all that stuff because every time I've been like that in the past I'm like oh, I wish we'd go back to just that simple thing now because it's just got more and more convoluted and weird so it, when, when it makes me feel like oh I regret my previously jokey stance about how weird this is I'm like that, that's a weird place to be right the, I suppose the, the, the other thing as well what's ruining magic today it's you Vince well no I don't th- I mean, that's not what I'm saying I'm like saying like I'm wistful for a time when I understood what the hell was going on I think is what I'm yeah. trying to say I'm wistful for a time when I knew what was going on as well 
And again, I've used this uh, expression. I think I picked it up from my friend, Josh Lee Kwai. So if you listen to uh, his podcast, maybe, I, you know, he has used it a few times on there. I don't want to lift it from him, but I'm pretty sure I first heard it from him and it really stuck with me. And that is ironic because the expression is, is that it feels like Wizards of the Coast is just throwing all this stuff at the wall to see what sticks but it's just, we can't tell. I mean, there's too much. Well, that comes on to my next point, is that they don't seem to be repeating things very often. So we saw Invocations, Masterpieces, and um, Expeditions, right? That was right. Like, like a three attempts at it. And that kind of made sense, because you try three times to see if if it's an... Uh, what, to get rid of anomalies in your testing. But at the moment, they don't seem to be testing in any way that can give them conclusive information. All they do is see the, the audience either happy or not happy, and they just change what they're doing again. And then the audience is either not happy or happy. They, they can't determine patterns from right. that. Again, as a content creator, I'm like, I should try things multiple times to see patterns. And they there are, there's no way to determine patterns of the way they do They should have defined the term masterpiece as an ultra-mythic, extremely rare card that can appear in sets. But they did. That was what they did. Hang on. That's but what they, they needed did to say. They needed to say, this card can take many forms. It can be a reprint of an older card. It could just be a standard card that. with, they did not. Yeah, it was yeah. Not. All, all these, that, that's what they were doing at one point. When we had, so we had ex, expeditions were not qualified. They were just expeditions, right? Then they went, that was so popular. That was the first one round. Yeah, they're so popular, we're going to do it again. And then the next one was, uh, they went, that was expeditions. Then they went, these are now going to be called masterpieces that will change between sets. They won't be every set. And now the next they ones, did. No, 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 they no, did. No, no. There's they, an article on this. Then they said, these are inventions. The masterpiece inventions right. and the invocations are retroactively, and the expeditions are retroactively part of this masterpiece thing. Right. Then they went to the next set and they went masterpiece invocations. Right. Then they went scrap that. We're going to do something different. Right. I'm saying what they should have done mm-hmm. was they should have continued that. Oh, I agree with that statement. One hundred percent. And what they should have done was they should have continued that. Where instead of doing such a high number of cards that were always reprincipled. They had a couple from the set. They did so many. There were so many expeditions. There needed to be be five in Gatewatch. Didn't make it enough of a lottery, though. That was the thing. Because that was Well, I I think they needed to occur more frequently than they did. Well, that's true. But it was always upsetting. Your friend would open an expedition like Fetchland and you'll get an expedition battle for Zendikar Tango Land. Right, right. And you're like, "Uh." Exactly. Uh, uh, But, like, I really like the uh, alternate frame ones in Eldraine. I don't like that I keep forgetting what their little nickname is. They are called the showcase cards. Sure. And that's, so I agree with what you're saying. I think I don't it'd be know nice their rarity. How often am I going to open a showcase card? One in card? three packs as a showcase card. Oh, but look I at can't you, Mr. tell Math. you how common the foils are. I'm not even sure if common foils. Do they are the come in foil form? and non-foil? Yes. In regular boosters. Yes. In collectors boosters, they also can appear. Don't ask me about collectors boosters. I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> I've and never seen one. It's too expensive. Down. And, this, no is, and this is where it breaks down. But I agree with you. We should have got. Uh, that's the guess what I was saying. We want to go back to those days of simplicity of just 15 super ultra lottery ticket rares. And now we're not. We're now at a stage where they're going, we'll sell you the super ultra ticket rares at a high price. And then we'll give you a load of other stuff, which is kind of cool, but it's not clear what it is and where it is and when. And in terms of things that aren't clear to segue into uh, another thing that's based on lack of clarity, in my opinion, uh, what is ruining magic today is a topic from yesterday's Dies to Removal, which is organized play. We did an entire episode around organized play, Mm. and then there were massive sweeping 
changes to organized play, not because of our episode, of course. We were one of uh, one voice in a chorus of many upset with organized play. But the changes to it, people said, we want to hear what you think of these changes. And I'm going to say these changes to organized play are ruining magic today because of the same reasons you were just talking about. Needless complexity. Mm, okay. uh, I did a video on the changes to organized play. And every comment is, I cannot for the life of me follow this. And I don't blame them. And I did not do a bad job explaining it. They created a convoluted, complex, needlessly obtuse system. I think on purpose, personally. That, that announcement post was mad. I remember when it came out. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skim read this before I go, I think I'll head out to a GP. I need to know as a content creator what's happening. And I, I looked at the link yeah. of it and I was like, I can't skim read this. And so, and I couldn't either. I couldn't either. So I took that article. And I went and I hired, that's as in I literally paid money to, professional magic players to sit down with me and to write out, not just outline, but to write out the script for that episode. I could have never done it without the pro player support. And even with that, and they were all saying the same thing, this makes, this is the most convoluted, cumbersome thing. They sat down, apparently, aside from meeting with me, they said, well, we're actually meeting with a bunch of our other pro player friends and we're all going to hash it out tonight. And we got the script together and we, they said, this is the best explanation around. And, and I did it. And then I, I, I hired professional editors so that it wasn't just my typical text slides, but that we had really good animated visuals and graphs and everything. I did that entire episode. And every comment is, is I can't follow this. And that does not say that I failed in my video, nor my professional consultants failed in their uh, 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 script writing, nor my editor in his editing. Uh, I think that it was it is a needlessly complex system. And I know you, Vince, have said the old system, you would get a little confused about which events led to what, but you could always look it up at least. Yep. But I also felt there was a certain, okay, a GP leads to this, leads to this, leads to the Pro Tour, leads to the World Series. We know who goes to the World Series. And now... I, you know, I defy you, I defy the audience now to tell me what gets you on the Rivals team, what gets you on the MPL, what gets you to the World Championship, what does this, and it's so convoluted, and I have an entire 10-minute video that breaks it all down, and you still are going to forget about it 10 minutes later. It's interesting, because I was coming into this just going to be saying, well, at least they did something, but perhaps... This is the problem, I guess. When they do do something, when we get the when we get the response, like, oh, yeah, it's one for one historic now, and then we kind of just go, oh, okay, and then we just move on to the next controversy. Similar to how bot drafting's still not been addressed and stuff, right. right? So, yeah, no one's really talking about organized play anymore, and people weren't happy with it when this was announced, and then it sort of the furor died down, and this is where we are now. And the reason why that's ruining magic today is because that was the intent of Wizards of the Coast, because they couldn't take away paper organized play. They tried a few times and people started kicking up a fit. So they decided let's just make it so complex and so convoluted and take away coverage of it so that people's interest fades, so that people go, I, I guess they fixed it. I guess it's out there. I don't really hear or care about it I think of all the anymore. points on our list at the moment, this is the one that might... Like, Pros we're, are dropping out like flies. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're, 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 we're riffing a little bit and joking a little bit and like, you know, playing up a little bit as a, as a premise. But I think this is the one on our list perhaps that is the closest to actually doing real serious damage. That's like, right. Paracrete will do serious damage, but I think they moderate it a lot better than perhaps they moderate this. Because organized play, maybe we'll be doing a disorganized play Mark II this time next year because it's still just as bad. Well, this is the maybe. disorganized play follow-up. So maybe we'll be doing a full, <laughs> maybe three. we shall. Maybe we should say in six months, let's do another disorganized play yeah, video see yeah. where we're at. But I don't know that how we'll be able to see where we're at when there isn't coverage. 
be a very short episode as well if, if right. there's no news. Just like, there's no coverage, you don't know what's going on. Thanks for tuning in. What else is ruining magic today, Vince? Uh, money, Brian. The, the capitalist system that gets us all down. The financial cost of magic. You communist. I know. I, I mean, I come from a country where healthcare is socialized. And I you know, socialist. I know. Americans hate oh the idea God, of Oh my God, I'm going to ruin people. YouTube is going to get those words and my video will not get pushed. That's, uh, uh, that's uh, legitimate uh, concern. Uh, 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 um, uh, what is YouTube like? Makeup. Makeup tutorial. Makeup. Do you makeup tutorial? Yes. Children's toys. Oh no, wait. That's on the bad list now too. Uh, okay. <laughs> Oh my God! Um, think, Did you think, hear think, about think. that? Video games, but no, they don't the like that either. The, the ones without the guns. No, no guns. guns. Video games. Fortnite. Wait, that's called guns. No, but they like Fortnite. Fortnite's a big thing, right? Makeup tutorial. Makeup tutorial. They love the makeup tutorials. Oh, oh Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel, uh, carpool karaoke. Uh, um, 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 um. James Corden. James Corden. What else is rude? Why? Why? Why do you hate capitalism, Vince? I mean, there's a lot of reasons to hate capitalism, but without going into that too much, um, the, the, we have a problem with magic when magic's too expensive. Um, and I really like old formats. And I actually, here's a weird thing that people are going to hate. I don't mind when cards cost money because I believe, we've talked about this a bit before, cards being worth money allows people to invest in a hobby and not feel bad when they need to sell out and stuff because they can get some money back, right? But I don't believe cards should cost the money that they currently cost because it's absurd. Like, right. Touchline shouldn't be $100. So the problem we have is it makes it inaccessible to play the older, cool, fun formats, whether that be Commander, right through to Legacy and Vintage, because the cards are too expensive. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say that we have to repeal the reserve list. That's a conversation we've kind of had before and there's nothing. we both agree, but we can't do that. I would like the reserve. Mark Rosewater wants the reserve list gone and he can't get it gone. Yeah, so that, well, yeah, so if he can't do it, no one can. Right. But I do think we need to at least sit here and say, look, if we don't manage reprints better, we're going to kill magic, or we're going to kill the older formats of magic, and that's going to kill magic. Not for kill. Some this isn't kill magic. So magic. Not kill. Not kill. Sorry, Magic's never going to ruin. Not the word kill, because you should be like that either. Ruin, damage, um, make bad. But we also need to be careful when wizards try and make things just like arbitrarily expensive as well. Because this is why I was so mad about the two for one thing. We haven't really talked about it on here. We're not going to go into too much about it, but. It was Wizards just being like, oh, old formats, people pay money for Legacy and Modern, so I guess these cards are now more expensive. Right. And you're like, no, no, Wizards, don't do that. So there's this constant push from Wizards to, I think they do support older formats, just not as well as they should. I, this may come as a shock to you, I am unhappy with the way in which Wizards of the Coast manages reprints. I know I don't talk about that much in my videos, but I am unhappy with the way they manage reprints. Um, I've had my run-ins with MTG Finance uh, a few times, and I ultimately, while I definitely have issues with aspects of MTG Finance, I feel that the true blame goes not on the uh, uh, greedy capitalists of the marketplace, while there certainly have been bad individuals or bad incidents yeah, and very sketchy. Are ridiculous, like oh, that's just the tip of the iceberg. And yeah. I've gone into that and stuff. But like, listen, cards should have value. I want to crack open a card that's four bucks in my $4 booster pack. And I would like if some of those cards... So you don't want to spend ethereal, complicated amounts of money on ethereal cards that you can't sell or get money back from? Is that what you're saying? I would like some of those cards to go up in value. Uh, I, I like cards going up in value. I even like it when some cards go up into super high value, stuff like the alternate... Art Liliana, that's one of the most expensive cards in standard uh, ever right now, is really exciting to me. Things like the the Expedition, uh, Expedition, the Masterpiece Soul Ring, that's really cool. 
What bothers me are $100 scalding tarns. I'm not even that bothered. I'm not even that bothered by something like uh, the, an incredibly expensive, uh, what's a, what's a, incredibly like okay let's take ren well maybe not ren and six uh, but an individually expensive card because you if there's options and alternatives alternative decks alternative yeah playstyles, i think the play pieces that people play with shouldn't be super super expensive right it's the customizability or the the bling that doesn't really bother me too much exactly it maddens me that people can't buy guys cradles for less than like 250 bucks and stuff if every modern formats unplayable if every modern master set had had five of the 10 fetch lands and alternated because they only came out once every two years. So if the first Modern Master set had had the five fetch lands and then the second Modern Master set, which was two years later, had the alternate five. And then the third one, which was two years later, had the first five. And then the fourth one, they had seven of these freaking things, Vince. And only one of them had five of the 10 fetch lands. It's been 13 years since Onslaught. How right. many times have they been reprinted? Once. Uh, if when we had returned, I know there were issues with when we returned to Zendikar, uh, reprinting them, and we may be seeing them reprinted in our return to return to Zendikar. Well, I, I've, I've been shouting that I'm pretty sure this is going to come, but then there was a there was a Rosewater blog uh, at time of recording a few days ago where he said, you know, we'll allow a couple, a one or two fetch lands into standard now and again. This is about as far as we'll go in reference to the new passage card, mm-hmm. which people have been now linking that to me because I'm the one going. The passage right. card suggests that they're testing the water for not being sad about this anymore. Because if all the, if, you know, if in the future all these standard events are being played on Arena, what does shuffling matter? You know? My prediction is we're not getting fetch lands in return to Zendikar. We are getting slightly worse fetch lands, powered down fetch right, lands. Why? Because what's they the, want to what's save- What's the corporate reason? The corporate reason is, is that, they, that when they have cards that are worth $100 each that they can put in any product, that is money in their pocket, even though they don't directly sell them. They use the term reprint equity. Reprint equity uh, uh, is the term. And so they are not going to just stick that in $4 boosters. They're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's let these things get super expensive and then let's sell a set of five of them with alternate art for $500. But but, but that, that logic, in my opinion, doesn't check out because they can do both. They can do both. Think of it this way, right? If, if fetch lands became worth as much as check lands, nobody would care to spend They'd never be as much as check lands. The demand is too high. If they, if they, check lands see no play when they rotate out of standard. Fetch lands see play in every format that exists. From hmm. Commander right through to Vintage, Legacy, and Modern. They will never, ever get check land prices unless check they- Check are in Commander. Unless they, yeah, sure. Check lands, you see a check land here and there in Modern, right? Yeah, as one You do. Yeah, yeah. Like two or three decks, sure. My point is, they're nowhere near the demand of like play sets of these things, 12 copies per, per deck. Sure. And unless they put them at common or uncommon, they never will, they'll never no. get there. So my point is, if, and here's, here's the thing, if they're, if they're scared that historic will take away the focus from standard, A, make a good standard. Right. That, that's the first thing, okay? That's the primary only thing, really. But in addition to that, stick some cards in the packs that people want to open. Whether that be fetch lands, shock lands, uh, bomb rares, t- titans, whatever, the whole power creep thing, and fetch lands will do that. And then, and then, People will still buy. People will snap your arm off for a Mythic Edition that is... Imagine if it did a Mythic Edition where it's one of each of the fetches. Only one. People will be trying to buy on the secondary market second, third, and fourth copies of those things. You remember the Expedition fetch lands in the full art style of Zendikar? Imagine Expedition fetch lands full art in the style of Ravnica. 
a Ravnica scolding turn, or Lorwyn, or Dominaria. This is the thing that frustrates me so much. Like you can just stick your standard, the standard ones in standard. The argument is whether or not they weren't shuffling all that jazz. Let's just ignore that for a moment. They can sell packs with these cards, and then, like I said, you can do guild kits, but for whales. You can do you can do. You just say, look, fetch lands exist on most planes, right? There must be the the the, the edges of forests where fetch lands and jewels right. exist, right? right? So just do your fetch lands in the th the flavor of we've already had Khan, so it's another set. Like, even Innistrad. I, I know. Imagine a flooded strand with a graveyard. I know it's exciting, isn't it? Imagine that. And sit there. My 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 full art snowlands can only get so erect. Exactly. 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 They could probably sell direct to the consumer through their website and then have to give out four sheets because the website crashed. Snow foils that are on other planes. Like, oh, it's oh, Christmas. A Christmas, a rather, an Innistrad Christmas. No. No, listen. No. And they sell you a pack no. of Snowlands, $20, no. and they're foil, and they've got Innistrad settings, but they're all covered in snow. Why what no? Part of me, what part of me makes you think I would say anything but no? What do you, what is it that you know of Comment me? Comment down below. If you want an Innistrad foil Snowlands in a pack for like no. 20 bucks, 30 bucks or whatever. Does it even, does it snow on Innistrad? It must snow on Innistrad. Oh. I started the sentence feeling very confident and got less as it, <laughs> as it went on. It must do. So, but what, what you're saying. Is there weather cycles on Innistrad? What, what, what you you're saying is, is you believe Wizards of the Coast can have their cake and eat it too. Or you yeah. believe Wizards of the Coast can have their Fetchlands and crack it too. Good joke. I um, but I, 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 that is exactly what I'm saying. I think there is enough money in this community and in video games or card games or whatever for the companies to make their money and for us to be happy at the same time. Well, go on then. Tell us how Arena is going to ruin Magic. We all know that's the last one. From the last one is Magic Arena, and Magic Arena is what's move is moving, moving you to tears, moving me to tears in Magic today. Magic Arena is great. I love it. I love Magic Arena, and I hate it. With the passion of a thousand exploding suns, Do they have simultaneously, suns in uh, they have at least one, because I can see things in the daytime. That could be the there is the actually a daytime. Is it is Emrakul the sun? Anyway, so why why do you love what's reflecting off the moon, Vince? If it's a reflection from the moon, what is the light source? You, you just assume oh my god, oh my god, Vince thinks that the moon glows on its own. Oh my God, he does. He thinks the moon glows on its own. He's just literally putting words in my mouth. No, the moon glows because there's an Eldrazi in the middle of it. Magic Arena is a dangerous thing. Mm -hmm. Wizards of the Coast has seen an explosion of interest in it. They have been making money hand over fist. The hallways are on fire at Wizards of the Coast in a good way over like... It's an explosion of success. And to cap it all off, in this new media marketplace, digital games are all the rage. And now Wizards of the Coast is being able to bring itself as a contender into esports and every little pop phrase of the 21st century. And the reason why that's ruining magic today is because they are afraid to create a system that grows both paper and digital and would rather only focus on the digital. I think it's difficult for them to convince shareholders that they could focus on the physical. That's where it is. People, sure. there, there are people that work at Wizards that have been playing this game for 25 years and know, know its longevity and how, how, right. how good a game it is, right? But like, it's difficult to convince shareholders of that. So this is the first time that we're worried about, like I, we used to always hear five years ago, what I always heard was Hasbro owns Wizards, but Hasbro leaves Wizards alone. And now it's Wizards can't do what it wants because of Hasbro shareholders. 
That is why Arena is ruining magic today. It's because prior to Arena, everybody left Wizards of the Coast alone. And now Wizards of the Coast is being ordered to Arena only itself. I think perhaps the thing that's really ruining magic isn't Arena itself if we unpack what what it is about Arena that's bad, right? Like Arena, is, as you said, it's great in some places. The gameplay's pretty good. And it I looks love it. very nice. Uh, the problems that I have with it personally are potentially the economy, the economic model, mm. so on and so forth. That's why the shareholders so, love it. So the things that are, is actually not not killing, not damaging, ruining Magic today is probably either video games or the video game model or e-sports. Mm. These things that they're chasing a little bit, right? Instead of looking at Magic as this collectible card game that has like a, a competitive scene attached to it that people chase and buy expensive, lovely cards, they see it as a way of like, oh, we saw a TED talk once about how you can milk people for their worth with the, with currencies that don't quite make a lot of sense and right. a little bit left over in your thing. And we'll, 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 we'll price things in a weird way where you can't quite tell how much money you're spending when you put right. it in your account. And they're like, we can use all those psychological, because they're psychological tech, they're psychologically, um, they're knowledgeable. Manipulative. About, manipulative, that's what I'm looking for. Psychologically manipulative tactics to make more money out of magic. And I mean, magic has been called cardboard crap for years because it's already got some of that stuff inherently built into it. I, so it I have no problem with a company making money. I have no problem with people spending money on a product that they love and enjoy. I have no problem with the company at looking how to increase uh, profits and how to make more money. What I have a problem with are some of the tactics you described, such as intentionally convoluted currency systems so that you don't realize you're spending as much money as you are spending. I have a problem with a system that is set up in such a way as to prey on people with addictive uh, personalities uh, uh, or, or tendencies mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and to say, let us use that as an actual built-in aspect of our design philosophy. I also then have a problem with the fact that Magic Arena is suddenly Magic the Gathering, where the shift of the game itself, we mentioned that we noticed that in the ad for Throne of Eldraine, it doesn't end by saying Magic the Gathering, it ends by saying Magic Arena. And in many ways, what's ruining Magic the Gathering is the fact that it isn't Magic the Gathering anymore. Magic the Gathering has been turned into, thanks to those shareholders, Magic Arena first and foremost. The game Magic the Gathering is now a subsidiary of Magic Arena, and Magic Arena is standard and bot draft. But the counter so here's, and gemstones and log in every day to finish a task. So here's a counterpoint then. If this wouldn't be an issue, the things you're saying, the things I'm, I'm agreeing with and complaining about the economy and stuff wouldn't be issues if it wasn't affecting the game. Right? And that's the problem, is that it's affecting the game. Right. So we're seeing like the like the, the push for historic, we won't put modern on there, we don't want to put older formats on there. We can't possibly program things into arena. That that's things that are affecting the game's long longevity and the people who play other formats are being left out a little bit. That's affecting the game. If they were Not actually willing to look after those formats, look after the other players, then it wouldn't be so bad. It, yes, that's definitely it. But it's not just that. It's things like if they wouldn't release sets on Arena before they were released at your local game store, if yep. they would simultaneously release it. But mm-hmm. they're saying, no, the money goes to Arena, not your local game store. If Arena would have a button that says, find a Friday Night Magic near you. Uh, that you click and it easily takes you to your easily and clearly is, takes you to your nearest Friday Night Magic or a list of Friday Night Magics near you. If Arena would do one freaking thing, one freaking thing is if I had a wish from a genie that could only involve Arena, it wouldn't be for Modern or Commander on Arena. It would be that Arena would offer a very special type of of reward, such as perhaps uh, uh, a unique 
artwork card or full frame, the equivalent on Arena of like some special cosmetic feature, some some bonus, something really desirable on Arena, but you had to go in to redeem it to get the redemption code at your local game store. And in doing so in the packet, you also got a couple promo magic cards. Well, they they almost they, do that now. They almost, like, like we did a pre-release, you get a- But that's not the same. Nobody, the same, nobody is going from arena into the local game store to get the pre-release code. Yeah, so the, what I'm saying is they are, so let's, let's, let's again- I, I want keep them to put this. something well, in let's arena. Let's credit where credit, credit is due. They, they are putting these codes in pre-release packs. Right? No, I'm not going to give them credit because they're not doing it right because they keep giving you less with each pre-release from I the codes. I agree with that. I that agree. is not credit no, where no credit is gonna, due. No, the, no, exactly. Okay. Credit where credit is okay, due. Unpack it, unpack what I'm saying. Let me unpack it. Is that they are almost they've they've got the means and the reason they're putting codes into the pre-release packs is to get people onto arena. Right. What they should be doing is utilizing those things to support the paper game as well, and the local games. Exactly. So works credit doing that. They're because not doing it. They're doing the opposite. It's a slash and burn tactics. They're destroying the local game store. Okay, not quite. Well, exactly. This is where this is. I'm saying it's this not, is what's ruining Magic today. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm trying to not divulge into hyperbole. Yeah, okay, magic. okay. But I was, I I was being of course, levity. Of course. But is, I think that those codes should be extravagant things that make people want to go to the game store to get them. I right. agree with you there 100%. And this kind of comes back to what I said earlier, that they can have their cake and eat it because it doesn't have to be all arena. Right. Because unless their final plan, and I'm assuming, and I hope to God this isn't the plan, is to stop printing cards. These cards still exist. They can still make mythic editions that sell by the bucket load and make us a ton of money. So they can have their cake and eat it by supporting the paper game, by methods, like you said, of right. getting people to local stores. Commander's great, right? People buy stuff for Commander. People will buy boxes full of fetch lands and things like that. So they don't have to not do these things and then favor the chasing of the esports dream. But I feel like that's just kind of where we're at at the moment. And then the problem I think we're going to see, and I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to this in the next year or two, is that at the moment, like loot boxes and gambling laws and things are really iffy in Europe, especially, right? Germany hates this stuff. And like and the Swiss and things are all like, oh, well, maybe loot boxes are completely immoral. And then what's going to happen is the the economy and the currency system you see on Arena right now will not be the same way in, in 24 months because there's some, something's going to happen. They'll be like, actually, obfuscating, what was the word? Obfuscating? Uh, making unclear your currency method. I know, I used to do English at uni and everything. So nice to have an Englishman here in, <laughs> yeah, in yeah, the I office. Deg- to, I got a degree to... in this stuff and everything. Um, yeah, making it unclear is going to be found to be amoral and they're going to have to adjust it so they are just following a trend that other companies are doing and once upon a time i would have assumed that that wouldn't happen for my favorite games creators but that's kind of what they're doing at the moment i don't and again i don't blame any individual employee at wizards of the coast we're never doing that no, no but no, i do no, think no. there's a pressure from on high to meet certain kpis and just do what the rest of the community is doing i don't think it's pressure anymore i think it's rule i think it was pressure huh. and that's what yeah, led to arena so. and i think they said we got there divert all funds to Arena. Uh, the logo of the game is no longer Magic the Gathering. It's going to turn into Magic Arena. Like, it, we already saw that. That was shocking. But the thing is, would you... So, okay. So, if they started to do the right things, like loan people into the stores and not using the same practices that we see that we think are disgusting from, like, EA and Epic and all the other games companies, if they stopped doing those things and then they rebranded Magic to Magic Arena, how would you feel? Not now, because they do it now. It's obvious that they're focused on Arena, right? But if they started doing the things that you're asking them to do right now, and you're like, you know what? Wizards have done good. They're actually doing those things. And then they change the name of the game to Magic Arena. I would still be unhappy with them changing the name of the game. Why? Branding, because I want Magic the Gathering. Because it's Magic the Gathering. But the name doesn't matter if they're doing the right thing. That's a good point. No, you're right. 
But I, yet, I can respect I what you're saying because I, I would feel very uneasy as well. But then when again, you were I saying like, it, I, I was want... thinking, does that matter? Does that matter? It does matter at the moment but then, because they're doing it. But then again, I want the old frame. I want them to do the old frame. I wanted them to do masterpieces and Dominaria. <laughs> the irony is when we're only want there's too many frames and you're like, do you know what? There's too many frames, but let's have some of the old frames too. Like, <laughs> No, no, no. I want the old frame back. back. I think the new frames are ugly. I think the old new frames are ugly. I like the old original, like, like I like the no, old frames. But that's, the new frame is nice. that's not what's ruining magic today. That's what's ruining magic yesterday. What's ruining magic today is arena for those reasons that you mentioned. Aesthet and, aesthetics and, on the shoot. That's one. I, I I really just wish that they said that we could have a healthier, diverse uh, ecosystem of the game where we have paper and digital so that if one goes bad, others are still profiting. You know, I had uh, uh, the original CEO of Wizards of the Coast sitting here mm-hmm. in the chair that I'm sitting in right now. And he said to me that when he sold Wizards of the Coast to Hasbro, one of the things that they said to him was we didn't buy you just for Magic the Gathering. We probably wouldn't have. We bought you because you owned other properties such as uh, Dungeons and Dragons and at the time the licensing for Pokemon. And they said that that having a diverse portfolio makes you something that was desirable and that just you don't want to be a one-trick pony because what happens if, if, if you know, that uh, uh, goes up in flames? And he said, yeah. And he remembered fighting for the acquisition of Dungeons and Dragons and that it was something that he had to be like, no, 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 we want this. This is going to benefit us. And that a lot of people were like, how is D&D going to be profitable? At, at the time, it seemed like like what a wild thing to bet on Dungeons mm-hmm. and Dragons. Uh, and yet that ended up, never mind the popularity it has today, but that ended up making them look really nice in terms of their sale to Hasbro. And so I just think it's ironic that they're going to say, great, we're so glad at the excessive arena, shut down the paper stuff. Uh, or or very, uh, okay, not shut down. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I apologize for the hyperbole. I was trying to be funny and then I get a little swept up because yeah, I wear my heart on my fun. sleeve. I'm an emotional, I'm a red mage. Uh, but divert attention from paper. No one, we don't care about paper anymore. All attention on the arena. And all I am asking is for, can we please get some arena codes for things that arena players would want that you pick up at the local game store. They did that for Duels of the Planeswalkers and it brought in record number of of paper players as well as Duels was successful. I just want to see a hell. I want to see that you buy packs of things in paper and get the code in arena so that when Brawl comes out, on arena, you buy the brawl decks and get the or the challenger decks and get the challenger code. And so it's like, oh, I'll just go into my local game store and pick it up. And then, oh, I've got the paper product. Maybe I'll play with this too, that we can have a diverse, healthy ecosystem. I don't want arena to fail. I saw it and I was blown away by it at Hascon. I got to play in the the uh, uh, closed beta and I was to the moon over what it represents. I don't want these sort of uh, 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 predatory ecosystems and transactions. I want a clear economy. You could make a fortune nonetheless with me not preying on people, not realizing that they're, why do we have to cheat people? It's a type of cheat. Why not just make money with a great product? One of the other ironies around Arena as well that I find really interesting is that Wizards of the Coast don't like to be compared to other video games, right? Right. And I've seen this firsthand. I've seen them being like, you know, we don't want you to mention other video games when you're streaming Arena on their channels and stuff. And then the funny thing is, is that when Standard is bad, and Standard on Arena hasn't been bad yet, we had Nexus, sure, but we haven't had a Kardash, we haven't had a Mirrodin, we haven't had a serious problem with Standard yet. Right. When Standard goes real bad, do you think people are going to go, oh, I'm going to wait for the once-a-week historic queue to get my fix? Nope. 
No, people are going to switch to watch other things on Twitch. Right. People are going to load up other games on their computer, right? But if you have a healthy magic game where you can go into your local store and play Commander with your friends, or you can go play Legacy or Modern or just or just even just like buy and sell magic cards, there's so much to magic that isn't just standard. Right. You're going to keep the game alive. But the moment we have a real bad standard and if we haven't got other things for people to play, that's when we're going to see Wizards go, oh no, we've 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 done a boo-boo here. We can't rely on Arena to be our cash cow because sometimes standards go bad. And I think that ultimately the problem is this, is that in order to cultivate that healthy uh, environment that you and I both want and would like to see, it means that you have to just take a step back from maximizing profits in every way at all costs. It, it, it comes in a loose, broad way to the old concept of you have to spend money to make money. You have to you have to acknowledge that, you know what, maybe we are, we could and you, I, I agree with you. You can have your cake and eat it too. But let's just, for the example, say maybe we we do have to put the reprints in regular four dollar boosters instead of selling them for two hundred dollars. But in the long run, that's much more helpful to the game's survival. Mm-hmm. Maybe we do have to have historic, and that is spending money to make money. That is investment. Right. Maybe we do have way, to yeah, leave some I agree. Out. I agree. Maybe we do have to have historic and brawl as twenty four seven available events on arena. Uh, 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 and that's going to take away from standard a little bit, but in the long run, that'll lead to a healthier arena client that can withstand problems. Maybe we have to put codes for free product and paper product, uh, but in the long run, that's going to create a healthier game, and maybe we have to try and support these pesky pain-in-the-ass, whine-at-us-all-the-time local game stores by telling people to go into them, and we're going to lose a little bit of money in the short term because that could have been our immediate sale, but we're not going to put, boy, can I just say, everybody watching this, I wish so badly that you were upset at Wizards uh, vocally every time they let any aspect, like the, the, anything on Arena before paper, uh, uh, with like even if it's just by a day, that you, that you, you should be tweeting at them and uh, uh, writing them messages and saying, there should be one day where everything goes live and digital and paper. I'm not saying there's a delay. I'm not saying, oh, Arena should wait. I'm saying whatever that day is. And if you want to, you you proposed to me uh, one time, you said, wouldn't it be funny if we had a trailer and then boom, right after the trailer, it was live on Arena? Well, that's fine, but have it at my local game store too. They, they have for years been able to set this up. May 15th is pre-release day and stores are, that is when the pre-release is, so you get it to stores, and May 15th, the trailer drops, and then it's live on Arena and at stores if you want to do that. They were able to do that at Hascon with uh, uh, Iconic Masters. Not a single card spoiled. The product was shipped out. Figure it out. I'm not even an advocate of that system, but what I am an advocate of and what I wish people were more an advocate of uh, in terms of the larger public was... Don't let it be on arena before it's in paper. Let it come up on both simultaneously, like things like that. That's it. It's such a small thing. Put a little promo pack that people go in to the game store if they want to get a special thing for next arena. Next time, okay, we'll throw this out there. Next time that announcement happens and you see it on Twitter and you and if you've watched this episode and you see an announcement like that and you don't see me or Brian talking about it, tag us. Well, I'm being serious. Yeah. Tag us. Because I think Brian's right and I think we should be speaking up at collectively and not in a way like, oh, let's just like, you know. Screw you, Wizards. I mean, like, in a collective way where we're like, yeah. you know what? These game stores do deserve some support and some love. So, yeah, if I'm not doing it, tag me. Right. Ditto. There you go. 
Well, that's what's ruining magic today, isn't it, Vince? Yes. What will be ruining magic tomorrow? We don't know, but you do. So let us know in the comments below what's ruining magic today, because this video will be posted tomorrow. And therefore, when you post what's ruining magic today, it will be for us right now what's ruining magic tomorrow. On the subject of ruining magic, check me out on youtube.com forward slash Pleasant Kenobi, where I play terrible decks that some would argue is ruining magic. You know what's really ruining magic today? You? You. In? Ah, Pleasant Kenobi. I was just stretching my calves on the bookshelf. Isometric exercise. Care to join me? Why is there smoke coming out of that box of magic cards, Brian? Oh, oh, that isn't smoke. It's steam. Steam adding atmosphere to the piping hot games of Commander we're about to have. <laughs> piping hot Commander night. <laughs>